I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening. Uh, how are you? There I am. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? <laughs> yeah, no, all good, mate. All good. And uh, we're joined by Bradley Todd as well. Brad, welcome. Good evening, Tom. That's that's the second week in a row that I've introduced you as Bradley Todd and then just called you Brad. So I mean, you that's know, at some point I'm just going to either way. I'm going to have to I'm going to call you Brad Todd, or I'm going to have to just call you Brad, and that's just it. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't call it's Jason Jason Daniels. Do. That's yeah. it, Brendan Todd. You know, you find a few fairways like Brendan Todd does. You'll be, uh, yeah. you'll be making some money. Week. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> no, that, that maybe some foreshadowing there. But um, look, uh, successful tournament champion for you guys, uh, Cameron Smith at 34 under par. Um, the first, second, and third place finishers uh, all broke the tournament scoring record. So that was uh, brilliant to see. Um, we were right to fade John Rahm. He obviously didn't win at such short odds. So, uh, yeah, was never worried about him winning. So that's great. Never, never um, in doubt. No, never in doubt. He sweats profusely, doesn't he? Um, he was. He he looked very warm yesterday. Um, probably the wrong wrong polo shirt for him to wear, bless him. Um, but he was brilliant, wasn't he? He hung with Cameron Smith. The way Cameron Smith was playing, to, just to keep up with him uh, for as long as he did. Uh, was absolutely superb. I keep saying, I keep going to say him, and I keep saying him because of my terrible uh, pronunciations, and then that just makes me think that I'm talking about Sung J M, which uh, <laughs> who is uh, you know coincidentally in the field this week. Um, but Jason, this is an event that we we've covered a couple of times. Um, you know, it's an event that's been a mainstay on the PJ Tour for a very long time now. Uh, we we kind of know the formula to success here, right? It's nothing too uh, too drastic. It's basically get really, really hot with your irons and, and make a bucket load of putts. Yeah, you think so. Um, a few quotes from people that have played both um, tournament champions and then this, you know, Coop said, if you drive it well here, you can play well. Um, and everybody else is... I mean, Kirsten was interesting, which I'm sure we're going to bring up. And it's, it's fairly obvious, but he said that he's always struggled being rusty from the East Coast. But then he got to play Maui, got rid of the rust, and you know, boom, played really well, obviously. Um, Zach Johnson said they're completely different. I'm not going to pronounce these places because I can't. Uh, this is an easy. This is an easy walk. Obviously, everybody said that um, plantation course is like an absolute nightmare. Um, it's just an easy walk, but challenging. And um, I think Cooch went back and said it's a much much flatter greens, obviously that we know, um, and they're just easier. So if you if you you know if you backed someone last week that particularly played well with their irons, didn't putt. You know, fair enough. They've got, they've now sort of got the speed of the Bermuda, um, and uh, all guns blazing. As we know, very quickly, Nar played the tournament champions and won. Cooch did. Kizel won. Uh, JT won both. Even Gomez or Gomez uh, was six. It was only Cam Smith that ruined it, but he played the in Australia anyway. Um, it looks like you just come off of there. It doesn't really matter where you finish, to be honest. You come off of um, last week's event. You walk into this, bit of course form. Doesn't matter, you don't have to be brilliant around here, but as long as you've had a go. And Bob's your uncle, there we are, another winner. That was that was really easy. That summarised mm. about everything I was going to spend about 25 minutes explaining. <laughs> you've done in like three minutes, so that's great. I mean, just to, to accentuate that a little bit, uh, Cameron Smith, 
uh, was the only player of the last five to rank outside the top seven in strokes gain approach. He ranked 53rd, uh, but the person that he beat, Brendan Steele, in a playoff, uh, ranked second. Uh, neither of them played the tournament of champions, but all the others did. Like you said there, <clears throat> I think that playing at the tournament of champions is important. Playing well isn't, because Kevin Nahr was tied 38th and then won here. Uh, and I think, like you said there as well, about the course form, I think that course experience is a prerequisite to success, but course form necessarily isn't. I don't think you necessarily have to have played really, really well to get here. Um, you know, to, to get, I think you just have a hot tournament, a hot week. Uh, once you've seen the course and know how to play it, it just comes down to how your irons and uh, putter is that week. Which, every time I write strokes gain approach and strokes gain putting as the key statistics i feel very fraudulent because i think that is exactly what every tournament requires you to do um but you know certain tournaments require more than others um i think the main point here is that you can kind of negate what you do off the tee i don't think you need to be particularly long and as much as many players will say the fairways are really hard to hit and that's really important the stats don't really back that up you can hit 50 percent of fairways and, and win here so it doesn't really matter too much um Brad, in terms of correlating courses, I've gone for Mike Hober and the Worldwide Technology Championship in Mexico, uh, the RBC Heritage, the Players' Championship, which I do think needs a little bit of a, an asterisk next to it because I think it's just elite players um, dropping into this event uh, and doing really well. And I've considered Wyndham, Greenbrier, Honda and FedEx St. Jude. Um, in my Odds Chatter article, I'm, I've got every single player who's won both events, who's contended at both events and and really flesh that out there. So I'm not going to go too far into that. Um, but was there any other courses that you looked at, Brad, before you uh, picked your place? Uh, Sedgefield Country yeah. Club, maybe yeah. as well. When you look at the type of people that show up there and uh, the type of players that show up here, you know, the plotters, plotter types. So, yeah, that, that came into my uh, thoughts as well. Yep. But, yeah, yep. other than that, I agree, I agree agree completely with the ones that you stated. Yeah, I think, look, it's a 7,044-yard golf course. It's a par 70 and uh, generally 20 under par or better kind of gets the job done so you know cam uh, smith won it at, was it 11 under i think it was um back in 2020 you know there was a bit of win that week and uh, and that changes things altogether but kevin r 21 under matt kuchar 22 under passing desire 17 under justin thomas 27 under which was a record fabian gomez 20 under jimmy walker 23 under so generally speaking you're going to be aiming for the 20 under mark and uh you may need a couple more even then. But uh, Justin Thomas was ridiculous that week. He'd just come off of winning the tournament champions, opened up with a 59, uh, and all sorts was going right for him that week. Um, Favourite this week is obviously Cameron Smith. Uh, now Bryson DeChambeau is out as well with a sore wrist. Uh, Cameron Smith is best price 11 to 1. Next is Sung J Im at 16 to 1. Webb Simpson at 16 to 1 as well. Hideki Matsuyama is now 18 to 1. And Mark Leishman is best price twenty two to one. Jason, I'll come to you first. Was there anyone in that bracket that you kind of looked at? Um, I think you had to look at Leishman. Um, he, he looked he looked fairly obvious to me. And uh, you, you're talking about um, course correlation. Just doing this while my spinny circles go around <laughs> on my computer. Fantastic. Um, uh, for some reason, Genesis hmm. at Riviera that, that that came up, and I you know I have no idea why. But um, there's an awful lot of, you know, uh, top finishers there over at Riviera that, that finish well over here. So no idea of that. But I, mean, I think Leishman speaks for himself. He's done really well when he's played the Tournament of Champions, then come here. 
uh, last year, 24th and 4th, 2020. Um, he was 28th uh, here, I think, and then won the Farmers the week after. So, it's you know, this is his time of year. Uh, 2019, he was tied fourth and tied third here. It doesn't always happen. Obviously, 2018, it didn't work as my computer starts to crash. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you know, and he's got he's got form everywhere. Obviously, he played well last week. He's done me a little bit of favour for. Uh, I do a, a specials column on the, on the Golf WRX, and I was I was pleased to get the the group betting up. We beat Brooks, Gooch, and uh, English, um, mainly to the negatives of the others, but. Um, yeah, look, it's it's not clever. I don't think I, I, it's not one of the clever ones. Neither is none, none of the other first three. I think not yeah. a fancy. Um, but he makes he makes perfect sense. I didn't think he'd be. He's not the sort of player you would think would hit thirty under anyway um, through a tournament. He does need it a little bit more difficult. So having played like he did last week, um, he finishes alongside Cam Davis last week. He was also on my list, but clearly, obviously, a better, a bigger price. But for me, you know. Leishman's done it all before. He knows what he's doing. He fits perfectly with people like Cooch and Gomez and Nari. He fits in that bracket. And I'm not saying I'll back him, but I certainly thought he was the solid one out of a lot of those. Um, you know, kudos to all the others. Smith's too short now, isn't he? Cam Smith. He's done. It. He's got his money on him. Yeah. Done. James too short for what you know. Like you just said earlier, before we came on air. Um obvious, but so what? At the price is that price every bloody week, isn't he? Um, and he'll probably be that price at, um, at the Wyndham anyway. So um, he can be on there. So, yeah, yeah, for me, it was Leishman um, out of that lot that you said. Yeah, I think when you look at tour tips, uh, just looking at the course from over the last 15 years, uh, Corey Connors is out in front. But he's only made three starts, 39th, 3rd, 12th. Patton Gazaya, similarly, five starts, but he's got a win of 7th and a 13th. But when you look at the people that play here really regularly, it's Charles Howe third is is absolutely superb here even even in the later years mark leishman is fifth and he's played 12 times made all 12 cuts worst finish of 47th but like you alluded to earlier third and fourth in the last three years three top 12s before that um so just generally really really solid so is webb um i thought for me brad if, if i was gonna go anywhere at the top uh and i haven't it, i was looking at hideki i thought that I thought that he was better than I expected he would be last week. Um, he, he kind of did what Hideki does every time he came on TV in his bright highlighter shirt. It was him missing a putt, um, you know, and, and he made some bogeys along the way. But he only made three bogeys, and and generally speaking, he was pretty tidy. He, was, he kind of missed out on that really, really low round that most of them seem to have. He needed a kind of a 61, 62, 63, and... And the best was 65 in the second round. But I think that the course form is going to put enough people off here. That's um, right. Yeah. It could, yeah, could put people off the course form, yeah. It could. And and I think for good reason. Like I don't think there's... I don't think I'm, I'm sitting here saying... That, you know, there's nothing spectacular there. It's not like no. But it's not like it's terrible. But it's just there's nothing that really like screams to you that he's, he's, like, he's great for this course, you know? But well, he, he missed four cuts in a row to start off with. He was still sort of, you know, figuring it out, I think, on the PGA Tour at that point. Then he became, then he came 27th and 51st after kind of becoming a winner on tour. I think he won in 2014, got that 20, uh, 27th in 2015. And then he's gone 51st, 12th and 19th in his last three. So I think mm. that if I was going to go to anyone, it would be Hideki Matsuyama. I'm not because of the... The you know because he's coming from twenty twos down to eighteens and probably really sixteens, 
Um, I'm not going to do it. I did it with Justin Thomas last week, but the price collapsed and carried on doing it. And uh, we, yeah. saw how that, we saw how that one played out. So uh, I'm going to miss that one. But um, yeah, I think if I was going to be upset about anyone in that group winning, it would be taking Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't know. I didn't really consider Matsuyama. I think it's because I was a bit like Jason. I had my, my eyes set on Leishman, like early yeah. doors. Um and then I just saw his price sort of plummet a little bit and sort of lost a little bit, a bit of stubbornness, lost a bit of interest. But I do think he's everything that you both just said. Um, I, I just think he's uh, he's a brilliant bet this week. Um, ended up not taking him. But the other one, I just wouldn't be surprised to see Cameron Smith just go back to back. And I know that doesn't happen too often. It all depending how many beers he's had and uh, <laughs> on the back of that win. But I honestly just after watching him like all week, you know, I was just like. In awe, I was just like it's just outstanding, and uh, I just wouldn't, I couldn't take him at that price, but I just, uh, I just wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I put the same in my article as kind of like I respect his chances without having any interest in betting him because, yeah. like you say, even with Leishman coming in uh, in the betting, he's gone to twenty-two to one. That's double the price of yeah. of Cameron Smith, and I just don't see him being twice as likely. I, th- to... I think the other Aussies are going to have a little bit of a buzz off that off that mm-hmm. cap as well aren't they I think they are they're gonna be like all right it's my turn now yeah and I I think like Jason said it's it's the time of year as well like Cameron Smith did it after winning the you know after playing well in the President's Cup the year before generally speaking they come here off the Aussie swing that we're now seeing come back again but a bit too late for for those guys to play but Leishman fourth third 19th and 10th already this season is is ridiculous isn't it seriously to form and as you said is doesn't miss has never missed a cut here and it's just uh it's just it's just a great great course for him yeah i think absolutely. i think also just to frame more for Leishman, and again he's no giveaway is he um is a cj cup at nine bridges which comes up a bloody lot when i've been looking through it um obviously you've got jt who's won obviously both hawaiian tournaments and and the cj cup um cameron smith um has got form at cj and and you go through the list of people that finished here as well and uh, they appear there as well. And obviously, Leishman has that second to JT with Cameron Swift in third. That can't be, you know, that can't be better Sony away form, can it really? No. No, I like that completely. I think I think that's a good addition to, to an already um, obvious pick. So, I mean, look, it's, it's that kind of price range, 22, 20 to 1, isn't it? That you think it's not you taking someone right at the very top. and, and you We're just all talking him up, but none of us have taken him right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, prices, prices of the last few winners, 60, 50, 40, 60, 15, and 80. Mm-hmm. So it suggests... I prefer that area as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It suggests that's where we're looking for, but yeah. but I'm not sure we've had such a strong crossover from, from the last... That's event, right. I, I, no, I completely agree with that. This next wave of, uh, let's, let's call it six golfers here, Corey Connors at 28 to 1, Kevin Nara at 30 to 1, Taylor Gooch 35... Uh, Abraham Anser 35, Kevin Kisner 35, and Harris English 35. That might have been seven. I might have lost count. Um, but Brad, any one of those that kind of appeal to you? Yeah, this ain't no hobby. Kevin <laughs> Kisner. Yeah, I just just can't ignore him this week. Like his seriously impressive display from him uh, last at Kapalua, and uh, that closing round of 65 put him in a tie for eighth. Gained 1.7 strokes on approach and over three strokes putt in. And he's coming into this event on a high, and it's one of his favourite courses on tour. And uh, he hasn't won here, but has a decent record. Like his highest finish is fourth, 
I think that was both in 2016 and 2020. And, you know, Kiz openly come out and gave a brutally honest assessment, didn't he? he? He stated that he couldn't win on certain courses on tour. Like, he couldn't make up the ground on some of the, the bomber tracks. So this week at 7,044 yards, it's one of the shortest courses they play on tour. It's a shot maker's course and it's one that suits his eye. Like, he'll no doubt be putting a lot of pressure on himself to do well, which was probably the case at the RSM like at the end of last year, where I think he was like stupidly fancied, wasn't he? I think a load of people mm. uh, bet on him and uh, he missed the cut. So that I am fearing that a little bit. Um, but I like the fact that he's coming into this off the back of that performance and he's accurate off the tee, fires loads of fairways and if the putter is hot like last week and he keeps giving himself opportunities, I can't see why he wouldn't be up there come Sunday. I think the thing with, and, and Jason, you'll remember this, because it was when we were looking at the RSA, when he, he opened up a 50s, didn't he? He got cut into sort of 33s, and everyone was on him, and, and he missed the cut there. And with Kisner, we normally, he has bad form, bad form, bad form, but as long as he comes up at the right golf course, we just bet him anyway, because that's what he can do. But the concern was that he missed that cut at the RSM, and I was really not expecting anything from him last week, so I don't know what to do with the conundrum of him finishing tied eight for the tournament he shouldn't have done. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sort of, um, but that's. I think for me, that's sort of uh, even more so is that his performance last week has sort of been like, well, I can't not bet him now, because I don't know what to do with him. He's only in that sense. It's like I didn't expect it, so even more so, I'm going to bet him like this week, because I just uh, he didn't expect it last week. If he missed, even if he missed the cut last week, you'd probably got a better number. Um, but that might have put me off, you know. But I don't. I might have had to send something at Kapalua to back him this week. But yeah, anyway, I've I've landed on him. If he'd have missed the cut last week, I'd have been worried, yeah. Brad. That would, that would have been a tough scene. Um, I certainly wouldn't have been playing oh, this week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. I just I know what you're saying. Um, but but no, but but Jason, what what do you do with someone like that when when you expect him to play so well at someone like RSM? He plays terribly. When when he played so badly that week, was there any fears for you for him going forward? And then did that kind of just get put to the back of your head once he finished eighth last week? A film called What's the Matter with Kevin? In fact, uh, <laughs> sure. anyway, um, no, because we've discussed it before. I'm sure we were on at the Wyndham. Um, am I wrong? I think, I think we were. Um, because it's those players that turn up at certain courses, and you're not really bothered as long as they show something the week before or, or within the last month, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, and it's sim- as simple as that, really. I mean, we, we normally look at, again, I'll go back to Leishman very quickly. We normally look at him all the time at Farmers, Travellers, etc. We look at Berger um, and we look at Webb Simpson and, and Kisner, all all at like Charles Schwab, etc., etc. Um, and it, it's the same with Kisner. I mean, like you say, he's very outspoken. He doesn't, he doesn't hide it. He goes all over Twitter and he'll slag himself off and he'll, you know, he'll boost himself up. And he likes a bit of a laugh, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's actually a bit of a boy, isn't he? Old Kevin, um, and uh, yeah, this is his call. So the fact he's done something, I mean, he must be absolutely bouncing coming off of that last week. That's what I uh, think. Because he he didn't expect anything. Um, you know, he lost nearly four shots off the tee. He still finished eight. It was um, it was a great performance, and and it, you know, I'm surprised. I mean, you take Bryson out, um, and you can still get. I mean, if you'd have asked somebody before. What price Kisner was? I'm, I'm pretty sure 35 wouldn't have been, you know, uh, would have been the biggest. Nobody would have gone 40, that's for sure. And plenty would have gone 28, 30, I think. Mm. And then you put that eighth in it, it's, it's it's fair. But I just think that 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 section of the market is 
it's just, you know, defending champ is the only thing that will put me off now, should really. Um, again, played absolutely awesome last week. Mm. Um, Taylor Gooch, first time up in, in that sort of, in, in, a, in a field of, you know, premium premium players and performed fantastic. He could come on from that. I find it really difficult. Ants is the only weak link, but only because he played so badly last week, T to Green. Um, you know, he's much, much better than that. Um, Kisner, you've got there. Obviously, Harry English, you can't fancy at all until he, until he does something. But those, yeah, like I said to you earlier, I think if you took that section and went, nah, Gooch, Kisner, you, you've got to get a run. Have to get a run. It's just very, very strong. Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. I think that there's going to be a lot of people on Matt Jones after his performance over the weekend. Um, yeah. Price came in too much for me, really. Um, but the only worry of Kevin Kisner is they've got that national championship game or Georgia-Alabama game tonight that's obviously very big and maybe has a few too many beers and doesn't oh, get out to I, practice. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with all that. So Yeah, yeah. no, that he's having his, he's probably betting 100,000 with Justin Thomas right now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> there, there, there's some big scenes going on there. And I think it tends to happen at this time of year, so I don't think there's too much to worry about. I'm not about. sure whether I want them to win or not now. He's going to celebrate with loads of beers or drown his sorrows either way. Yeah. I don't know what he's better at, to be honest. I think he's probably <laughs> verging on capable of being an alcoholic. So um, I'm sure he's absolutely fine. Um Seamus Power. I really, really like Seamus Power uh, in this range. Um, Jason, I know you were on him a few times last year and, and really liked him, talked him up a lot. But he has got terrible course form here. But like I said earlier, and probably purposely so I could foreshadow this, is that I think the course experience is more important than the actual course form because I think it all just depends what type of player you are when you turn up and... He had, he wasn't the player that he is now. You know, he's he's significantly improved in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Always had it there. Generally quite a fast starter. Uh, he was forty ninth on his debut and he's missed two cuts uh, either side of another finish as well here down in the low fifties I think it was. Um, but he was fifteenth last week. Kapalua putted poorly. I think that's fine. Twenty first, twelfth, eleventh, and fourth uh, before last week on the season. So in great great form. 6th at the Heritage and 11th at the Maya Cobra in the past two seasons. And he was also 12th uh, at the St. Jude back in 2018. So I think there's a lot for uh, for Seamus to build on uh, here. And I, and I think that he's the type of player that can just overcome that lack of course form, if you like. I just think that the fact that he's seen it uh, is encouraging enough. And in three of his last four starts, he's ranked 2nd, 11th and 13th uh, in strokes gain approach. So he's hitting the ball... Uh, plenty well enough for me and uh, 8th, 8th and 15th in those weeks in strokes game tees green for a decent all round game so shameless power for me uh, Jason there at uh, 50 and 45 to 1 ok <laughs> that was your that's your cue normally to, to have an opinion on the pick yeah I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of shameless power um, he's doesn't enter my calculations this week. What? In what way? Why no, I, not? I, you know what? Sometimes you, you just you just I don't say have a feeling, mm. but I, I just think there's a there's, there's a lot of strong um, and and very positive uh, players in that in that section. I mean, don't be wrong. If it had been, could I made him eighty? No, I don't think I could have done, but. You know, if it had been in in that next section, then maybe I could have looked at. But but okay, I know three six five or fifty, and they're a bit bit out from everybody else. I mean, as everybody else is around thirty five and forty, it just doesn't appeal. I just think 
players that are like I said, I, I like three that are between sort of thirty and, and thirty five if you like. Yeah. And therefore that really puts out the next section. I mean looking down there to be honest with you, I think my next one that I would, I would slightly be interested in is eighty to one. So he got left out and, and I think if I put him in a list of four players with the other one, he'd still be left out. The other three. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't like him this I just don't think it's for him. No, that's all. That's that's fair enough. Uh Brad you were talking about Cameron Davis earlier. Is that someone that you've gone to this week, or have you gone yeah, in a different it direction? It was, yeah. No, and I'll quickly add on power because uh, I took him as well at 45. And um, I just want to say, like, I'm seeing similarities here to the RSM. Like, I wanted to take him, um, but ended up overlooking him because of his record at Sea Island. And uh, he went on and finished fourth. So I'm hoping this is a case of I've, I've sort of learnt my lesson. And again, he hasn't got a good record here. Played four times, as you said, missed the cut twice, and his best finish is 49. But you know, he's come a long way, and I think that uh, in the last year, and that win has done like wonders for his confidence. So, yeah, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's, I think he's a good one to take this week to chance, personally. But um, I think I think I've always I've always concerned myself too much with course form. Yeah, I'm I've not got... taking. I mean, you only have to look at Cameron Smith last week. I didn't take course form into. Uh, into it at all because I just feel like it was a great fit for the course you know and uh, it just didn't make sense how he hasn't gone well there in the past and sort of getting a similar vibe to power I'm being honest like there's no reason why he can't go well here right when you look at some of his correlating um, results other courses you know there's definitely a guy in triple digits that we'll talk about later on that I don't think either of us have gone for but we we both agree that fits that kind of profile as well Um, but circling back to Cameron Davis yes um, Obviously, I th- did you like him last week as well? I, do you know what? I didn't really no. give him much thought because I just had my three picks up the top, and I was just—I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really uh, migrate from. Them, to be honest, I was just focused on them. I didn't really look further than that um, last week. But yeah, I mean, he gave anyone who was on him last week a great run, didn't yeah. he? A really solid performance, and uh, taking into account that it was his debut makes it all the more impressive, given that not many people do go that well on there debut um so yeah he improved every round 69 68 66 66 to finish 10th so yeah brilliant and he was statistically sound on all fronts his game was very rounded and he's, he's coming into the event in good shape he hasn't really got like looking at comp causes nothing jumps out to suggest this is brilliant for him like he misses the cut regularly at sea island his best finish on a comp course is probably our Fourteenth at Pebble Beach and fifteenth at Sedgefield, so doesn't tick many boxes in that department. But yeah, as I said, like he's played here three times in the in the past, missed the cut once, but finished inside the top ten back in 2020. So it shows that he can play well here. Um, and yeah, he just impressed me last week, and um, he's proven he can play well in the past. So happy to chance him. Yeah, look, he is uh, he's he's a great talent, and it's. I think he's volatile, and I think that I think that's the only mm-hmm. thing that concerns me. I think if he plays well last week, is he going to, you know, just not this week, which is going to seem really uh, contradictory in a minute when I when I make the next selection. Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball is officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step up your game with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. You can join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use the code LFW20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and a new you means no pubes. 
At this time of year, people all over the world set New Year's resolutions, and one of those will no doubt be to get fit and get a six-pack. Well, while that's a very difficult task to achieve, when you're eating snacks to subsidise the beer that you've given up in New Year, how about you let Manscaped provide a six-pack for your balls? Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 contains its six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine, and I can personally attest the quality of the equipment. So while yes, I will be looking for that Bryson DeChambeau body transformation this year, in the meantime, I'm going to take care of my balls with Manscaped. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code LFW20. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. One person I wanted to mention that I, I never, ever go for is Christian Bezuidenhout. Uh, and I was close to him this week because <clears throat> I just think that when we we talked about, or I've talked about in my preview, especially that basically any type of golfer can win here, um, you know. And you, you look at, I think he would need something closer to the to the Cameron Smith year with the wind yeah. and eleven under and Patton Gazzaro seventeen under. Something in between that would be great for him. Um, I do think that if it starts getting to twenty two and twenty three under, it it kind of gets beyond him. Having said that, he can go lower. We've said this a few mm-hmm. times. Um, you know, we we pigeonhole him as this kind of like grind it out type player, and he actually can shoot low scores. So it's really hard to know what to do. I think someone asked me before what I thought about Christian Bazuin out on the PJ Tour, and I kind of just I was pretty down on him. I sort of said I don't, I just don't see him fitting there. I think he'll fit in between the two tours and and won't really know what to do. And Aaron Rye be the same, and they're, they're they're great talents at one level, maybe not the best at the next, and. It's a bit damning, really, because some people think he's a potential major winner, and some people think he's he's yeah. pretty average. So I, I don't know, but I think that this could be a golf course where he could contend. Um, the reason I didn't go for him, Siwoo Kim. Um, I listened back to, to last year's podcast, and I went with him at a much bigger price than this. I think it was closer to eighty to one or hundred to one, um, and he's only fifty to one eight places here. Um, you know, I just you know, or you can get sixty to one seven places up to you. I think he's great. I think he, I think he's really, really good. He fits everything that I want him to fit uh, in terms of a course correlation. He's obviously got that win at the players, so we know what his upside is. Um, one at the Wyndham, one at the American Express, and you know, you look at the, you know, the playoffs that he's won, and then you look at the fact that he's also lost three. So he's he's beaten Luke Donald, Ian Poulter, Louis Ustazen, and Patrick Cantlay in playoffs, and lost to Aaron Baddeley, Kadira, and Kevin Kisner. So, you know, it, <laughs> he could easily be a six-time winner. Uh, since 2016, um, third at the Mayakoba, fourth here on debut in uh, 2016. When he was fourth, he ranked no worse than seventh after any round. And uh, last year, when he was 25th, he shot rounds of 64, 65, and 67 to combat that level par round on Friday. So I really like the upside of see with Kim. I think that he is just a guy that when he gets to a certain price, I'm going to take him because I still think he's slightly underrated because he doesn't put these performances back to back um i guess he's similar to like a kisner like i think there's just there's certain courses that he can win at um and and he does and he does it quite regularly for someone of his uh talent level and uh and an age so i i look at someone like a kisner i look at someone like a nar and and that type of people and I, th- I think he's the same sort of ilk and i think he's he's always a slightly bigger price because he he doesn't seem to have the same attachment as, as some others. So Siwoo Kim, for me, was there. And then the next one, Brad, who we both agreed on, was uh, Joel Damon. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had to take a little bit of... Uh, I wasn't entirely sure whether I was going to take him, got to be completely honest in the end. Um, sort of fell fell away towards the end of last week after a solid start, and uh, he just sort of regressed each round, didn't he? And the ball striking numbers wasn't weren't too good. Um, but then I sort of reminded myself I had a look at Kevin Nard to see how well he did before winning the Sony Open last year. Finished tied 38th and closed with a final round of 79. So like, he regressed big time, and yeah, you know, Diamond he fits the he fits the profile, doesn't he? Someone I generally have in mind on breezy coastal tracks, and he's placed better here every time he plays. Three starts, 73rd, 22nd, and 12th. Then he has the win at the Coralis Championship and a, a sit at the Mayakoba back in 2019. So, yeah, he just makes a lot of sense, and his performance at Kapalua has no doubt helped us get a better number about him this week. So there's that. Yeah, I was desperate for him and Homer just to go backwards over the weekend. Homer didn't even bother turning up, so the less said about him, the better. Mm. Um, but but like you said there, 73rd, 22nd, 12th in those three starts. So I, I basically said that not only is he steadily improving here, but he's just steadily improved. That's just his career in general. Just like, career. Just, yeah, you're right. Yeah. just seems to be, you know, me and Jason, we spoke before with Jason about how we were just worried he didn't really take it very seriously. And he's always said that if he could do anything else and earn the same money, he wouldn't bother playing golf. He just enjoys playing it for fun rather than money. And all the stuff you don't want to hear about someone that hasn't won. And then I think since he's got that win, albeit in a smaller field, he's kind of knuckled down and kicked on a bit. But I just look at, like, he, he lost four strokes so easy. He lost one stroke because he thought it was still lift, clean and place and had to, uh, to replace his ball. Uh, then he made a triple bogey on six yesterday. Um, so that's four shots straight away and I know that's easy to say you could just take bogeys off of people all the time um, but you know I think he's been brilliant I think he's, he's missed just two cuts in the 17 starts since he's won the Corellis. Um he's already been 24th, 5th and 29th in this new season 18th in the field over the past 18 weeks according to Tour Tips uh, in strokes gain approach so uh, yeah I, I think that this is the first time Jason he's actually come into this event as a PGA Tour winner uh, and I don't know if that changes the mindset, but you know, it, suddenly I think there's a decent price on him. Uh, there was some 75 to one earlier. I don't know if that's still available. Uh, yeah, still 75 to one. Bet 365, 66 is obviously eight places is more enticing um, on someone that you know has got decent upside. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll ever back him. Yeah, back him too much. Personal thing. I, I, I still don't think he takes it seriously, but. Yeah, I'd appreciate he, he, he fits the thing, but I, I don't have a lot to say on Damon. You, he's he's, so, he's so, hilarious laugh, isn't he? He's hilarious. I don't stop Seems a good crack, doesn't he? Me and him would get on well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think he's wound that in a bit, though, and, that, and that's, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, I, I was exactly the same as you. Like, I, I never need to back him. Like, I don't care where he finishes top five, top ten. Like, he doesn't He you know, he know. doesn't appeal to me until he takes it seriously. I, ju- I do just think there was a... A little bit of a switch there. Um, After maybe, he got maybe. that win, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, missing about. I'm missing about. But he, he he doesn't appear on on you know what I'm looking for, um, and his price for me doesn't jump out as saying okay, take a chance. So yeah, no, understand that do, completely. Right? What can you, what can That's you it. Do? No, you've got you got yeah. to draw a line in the sand, mate. Otherwise, you'll be backing everyone, wouldn't you? But just to to, to further reaffirm what, what my line of thinking, of course, the current form. And the improving cause form, but 12th at the players for someone of his ability, 
two that was you know that was back in 2019 as well um he's also sixth at mike over that year fifth at the green briar which is the only other seth rainer design we've seen on tour um so yeah for me there was just enough to like him at the price um jason you mentioned an 80 to one shot that you're potentially interested in who was that just, just go back to your uh, siwoo kim who again is another one i'll probably never back right yeah um, he's got a third at Genesis, so there's another proof for you. Excellent. Um, I do, I do love a bit of that, that this week. <laughs> I have no idea why, but you've got to be different, haven't you? Um, Eighty to one shot. Yeah, I think he's um, he was actually bigger, um, and I don't think he's playing badly. Um, uh, yeah. Was, was it tro- was it Troy Merritt? No, it wasn't Troy Merritt. Um, oh, okay. It was actually showing hundred to one in one place, but the oh, price. Cheers, Unfortunately, I've got a half a page on Ches Reeve. Yeah, so, unfortunately, um, Ches Reeve has pulled out. You've just saved 10 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> I thought that was, but I actually thought he was the best bet of the week at 100. I actually read something earlier, and I don't want to waste too much time on someone that isn't playing, but I think it was Andy Lack who uh, we spoke to a few times. Yes. He? He's gained uh, 7.9 strokes on approach four times at this golf course. That yeah, is, but it was, uh, there, was, outrageous. there was loads there, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter now because he's not playing. So yeah. I'll say better for when he is playing and Travelers <laughs> Phoenix and uh, Genesis Camp and CJ Cup Camp. Then I'll <laughs> say it again. So that's really screwed up my uh, best bet of the week. So thanks. Thanks for coming. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ches, for pulling out at the very wrong time. And, you know, whereas everyone else would be disappointed that Bryson DeChambeau pulled out, uh, Jason is absolutely despondent that uh, Ches Reeve really didn't I have, a trip. I thought he was I understand it. I think I'm not going to watch good. it anymore. That's it. No, is it? What's the point? You know, why do we do these things anymore? Let's call it off. That's it. <laughs> yeah, stop the count. Um, but look, moving on then swiftly from uh, Ches Reeve, who is not playing, um, I have got Keith Mitchell uh, in my betting card. He. I must admit, he's slightly shorter in a betting than I hoped. Um, I, I do generally see Keith Mitchell as a triple-digit golfer, and 90-1 to 1 is the best price, and I probably will take that over the 66-1 the, the to 1 with the more places that is available. Um, but I just I do think that he's still got another win in him. I think he's got a lot of winning upside. Uh, three top 25s here, uh, and last year he shot a 62 and a 63 on Friday and Saturday to sit ninth after 54 holes. And when he was 16th here in 2019, he was third after 54 holes. And he shot a 63 on that Saturday as well. Um, so he's been right in the striking uh, position a couple of times at this golf course. When I think of Keith Mitchell, obviously you've got the Honda Classic win. You've got a couple of top sixes of Bay Hill, suggesting he can play well in the wind. Wells Fargo and Bay Hill, he's just gone back to, uh, back to them back to back and play really well. So anything he's done here in the past should be taken uh, very seriously. And he's had three top eight finishes in his last ten starts. Like if if someone asked me to just reel that off the top of my head, I wouldn't have expected that many in that that short space of time. Um, and he was also tied twelfth at, at the RSM Classic before putting down the clubs for Christmas. So probably should have won the CJ Cup. I think it's fair to say, Brad. Um, you know, yeah. was poor on a Saturday, but he had a lot of good people chasing him down. Well, I mean, and you had Morikawa and McIlroy. Yeah. yeah. And and I think Ricky Fowler was even playing well that week as well. So yeah, he was, um, he you know he, he, he crumbled on Sunday as well. That's it. Yeah, and a final round sixty-seven took him back into that tied third. And to me, like he's not going to have to face that kind of. Comp- I know obviously Cameron Smith could be there. I know mm. 
you know, you've got Hideki Matsuyama as a major winner. You, you've got people up there, Webb Simpson, Sungjae. If, if they're all in the hunt, Mark Leishman, as we've spoken about, there are people that can put the pressure on, but not not in the same way that a Roy McIlroy was. And, exactly. you know, I think, to me, I mean, he was kind of 90-1. to 1, I really like that. Um, so, yeah, Keith Mitchell, for me, was, was another person that I liked. I think, you know, I've just kind of... Where I'm doing this odds checker article now, and I'm doing it before the prices come out, I'm kind of making... It gives me a bit more clarity, I think. I kind of just pick the guys that I like. And mm-hmm. then, unless they're a really horrible price, like if Keith Mitchell come out and he's 40 to 1, then I've really got to reassess. But, you know, right. as long it's as he's... It's a really interesting way of going about it. I'm quite curious about how yeah, how it worked for me if I did that. It is, because I think that, you know, everyone, people are going to be listening to this and chastising me for not just running, you know, pricing every single golfer up in the field myself. And then if he's not exactly short of that price, then you can't bet him. Like, I don't... I don't yeah. do that. I go, I'm quite instinct. I'm quite, um, you know, gut feel on golfers, and then I generally have a price in mind that I do think they should be. And, and mm-hmm. Keith Mitchell is the eighty to hundred to one range, and you can get ninety to one. So um, if I wanted more places, I'd take the sixty sixes. If I want to get, you know, closer to hundred, he'd probably get to that on the exchange if he doesn't get put up as much. So to me, there, there's a lot of upside there. Um, there's another one in this range for you, Brad, that you debated on for quite a while especially with me earlier in messages yeah. whether you wanted to back him or not yeah no because he's, he's someone i bet probably way too much yeah takumi kanaya at 90s and uh yeah he's very comfortable at getting results in japan but um has yet to really show what he's truly capable of on foreign soil had a seriously good year on the japanese tour where he won once and was in the top 10 on 12 different occasions it's put him to number 51 on the world rankings so yeah, it says it all really, but he was ridiculously consistent and probably should have won more than he did. So this is his third time playing at the Sony and he's improved each time. He hasn't made the cut, but he's still improved each time. Like he's narrowly missed the cut last year on the number after shooting a second round 67. So yeah, and some of his uh, stats from the Japanese tour last year just screamed to me that this is a great course for him. Like sixth in driving, actually fifth in birdie bear second in putting average and third in greens and regulation obviously it's a bit of a, a speculative one given he hasn't achieved much at this level but i do think he's going to shock us one on one of these pga starts sooner rather than later and it it will probably be on a course like this so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with him and hopefully he goes well this week but yeah it might be top 20 most likely a bit like when i've backed darren rye like so many times and he ends up just top 20 and i'm getting that kind of uh that vibe with Kanaya maybe this week, so yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I think I think like I said to you earlier, I think the to me I would just be targeting on the on the DP World Tour for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's quite likely to break through in there and and get a win. I don't think the it's weird because even when like you know Abu Dhabi next week when there's going to be Rory Morikawa, whoever else is going to be there like Hatton Fleetwood etc. I still think he can win in that company. So I don't know why I don't think he can win it on this field. Mm-hmm. I just I just think that there's a certain level of kind of like comfort and i think i think, I think the fact that he's played this twice is that level of comfort maybe yeah, Do you yeah. Know what I mean? that's why i mean if it was some other um event that he hasn't played before but i couldn't believe i did i thought he played it once before i remember uh last year i didn't realize it was the he played the year before as well so i mean as we said before you know it's not about how well you've done it's about actually playing yeah. the court. and so with his talent we all know how talented he is um, it's just about um, actually breaking. Well, not break. Not even. I would say a breakthrough would be like a top ten. You know, yeah. sort, of thing. sort of announce himself on the PGA Tour 
um, something like that. You know, that's, that would be brilliant if you could do that. Yeah, I think I think the talents there. I think there's a, a strong Japanese connection to this event, um, yeah. which which would explain why he's had two starts here as opposed to just the one. Um, and why he's probably back for another another go at it. So, um, yeah, I, I, like you say, there, there's Spectre every reason. Fly. But yeah, yeah but... I probably bet him too much. It's a bit of a, a problem of mine. <laughs> I have no idea if he like hangs around with Hideki and, and, and Kodaya and stuff. I don't know if he gets help from there or anything like that. I'm if he sure does, he that's does. only a bonus, yeah, isn't no, it? I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so that would be a really nice group for them to, to put mm. together and do. Um, I don't want to spend too much time in the triple digit range because I haven't got too much. I have backed Tom Hoagie again. Um, I think it's a little bit of a drug. I listened back to the podcast last year and I backed him again. Um, but this was the one where he could have won. 2018 had a one-stroke lead going into the final round, made a double bogey on 16 and a par on the par 518 to miss out um, on the playoff by two shots. So he went double bogey 16 and then he had uh, nine foot putts on 17 and 18 and missed those. When I listened back to the reason why he said he cocked up that double bogey, he had a bad club. Uh, he'd mucked it out the day before uh, and then tried to overreact and mucked it up again. So I think there's a little bit of an experience there, maybe a trust issue with his caddy, etc. Um, best finishes on tour. His fourth at the Northern Trust in the playoffs was his highest world ranking points performance, but he was second at the Greenbrier, which is obviously that Seth Rowan design. Uh, third here and Maya Koba. So, fourth last time out, the RSM Classic, 14th at the Shriners. Just hits the ball incredibly well. He he ranks first in strokes gain approach, according to Tips over the past 15 weeks in this field. Uh, and he was third and eighth in that department on those individual starts. And 14th, 21st, and 16th the weeks before that as well. So, long, you know, long odds, uh, you know, figuratively speaking. Um, I thought he was worth a bet again. Um the other one that we alluded to earlier, um, Brad, about someone that should overcome poor course form is Adam Long. He's someone that I think yes. can win uh, here. It was either him or uh, Darman for me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I did go for Darman in the end, but, but Christ, I, I really did want to chance him. I do think 100 to 1 is uh, a really, really good price about him. Yeah, just this, like, again, as we said before, uh, no course form like at all, and I don't course history, and it's still, but it's it makes sense. I mean, his results at the Mayakoba, you know, uh, it's sort of screams that we should probably he should probably go well here, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I did, I did, I did want to chance him, but didn't in the end. So he could be the one that come back. I might have to put a top twenty on him just, <laughs> just in I case. Think, I think it's one of those ones where like. We think he should be good here because he's so good at the Maricaba, and maybe he just oh, likes well, the Maricaba. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? And and That's as much thing. as I outlined them as being, you know, two of the same thing, that you know, maybe they're just not. And um, you know, he was twenty third at the tournament champions. Oh, before drivers, the course, aren't they? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, yeah, it's a tough one, but because yeah, he, I, he, he missed the cut there in twenty nineteen. We both brought him up. It's like, yeah, because it's, it's someone that probably won't be put out there a lot this week. Will he? No. I can't imagine no. he'd be very popular, but yeah, we both sort of um, brought him up. Yeah. And I do think he, I don't know. I, yeah, he would be. He would hurt. Let's put it this way. I might, he would hurt if he was to suddenly just uh, rock up and win. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at his, his his 2019. He missed the cut here, won the Desert Classic, and then went on to miss his next five cuts, and then finished tenth at Bay Hill. Then he missed another three cuts, and then, you know, it's just it's just the type of person he is. But 
four um, you know straight made cuts. He's missed one cut, two cuts this season. Um, but oh, he's in good form, isn't he? Finished, finished a year off really well. Uh, he yeah. did. He did some good finishes. So yeah, that was another thing that um, really appealed. So yeah. yeah, very much so. Um, Jason, any ones in the in the triple digit range for you? Yeah, take a flyer on Brian Stewart, the mighty mm. Brian Stewart. Obviously, he is mighty at the Sony Open, as we as we all know him. Right. Um, <laughs> again, this is this is you know this is I think when you go in depth, it's such a strong selection of players that have come over from last week, and they are top grade. Um, it's going to be difficult, but yeah, Stewart, if he drifts to something silly on the exchange, know the old double your money at quarterly odds. Um, obviously, you have got the Maya Cobra form second twice there. Shriners links in with uh, Nar and Webb. Um, he's got the RBC. He's got uh, Phoenix, which again, the same sort of players anyway. Four top tens here. Uh, wasn't great last year, but when you do look into the finishes that he had, uh, when he was tied eight at the John Deere, there was Nar, uh, Brown, Keziah, Henley, and Cameron Champ there. So you got lots of lots of you know nice relative form. And uh, again at 3M. Um, uh, he was he was just behind Cameron Champ again. You can link it in. It depends how convoluted you want to get. Um, if you go back further, he's got uh, form at the Greenbrier that you like. Yeah. When he was tied six, and you know, in in amongst that, I know it's a long, long, long time ago. I appreciate that. In there, you've got the mighty Jimmy Walker, who obviously loves it here, uh, and all players of, of a similar type there. Um, it was just the fact that um, obviously he's got all those correlating courses. But was there anything last year? And, and I felt as though when he does finish, which is not that often, to be fair, <laughs> when he does make a weekend, it makes sense. Um, you don't know how they're going to come out. You don't know what they've done over the week, uh, over the you know the three months. I suspect Stuart probably hadn't done. You know, is, isn't going to go massively improving. But with eight places available, yeah, I was quite happy to have him. And the only other one that I looked at. Um, Again, very sparingly, it was Michael Thompson, a uh, big price. Again, form at the right, the right sorts of courses that I like. Um, very accurate. Like Stewart, he's very accurate off the tee. Um, I mean, okay, Stewart's crap with his iron, or he was last year. Um, but it, it, they fitted, so um, I thought they were both, they're both punts, um, and they, they don't hold a candle to, to the obvious, you know, top 20, 25. But, um, at the prices, yeah, yeah, I may well take a chance. Top twenties, top tens, that sort of thing. Stewart, I like particularly. Brendan Steele, I had a look at as well, but yeah, you can't, you can't do them all. So I, I, I couldn't face the idea of finishing second again with Brendan Steele. So I kind of, um, yeah, he's he's, he's been very unfortunate here. Um, Brian Stewart. Oh, yeah. Ches Reevy, we'll, we'll we'll pour one out for Ches Reevy at the end of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> gonna have to yeah. I'm gonna be wearing yeah. black armband. <laughs> it does feel like it does feel like you've I mean, lost something. A, there. What a waste of my fucking time. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm glad we I'm glad we've got that explicit filter on the podcast. But no, I agree. I think that it is. You know, I, I was very upset that Max Homer didn't turn up. I was telling Brad how much I like Carlos well, Ortiz. And I was I was saying how much uh, I was. You're upset that Mackenzie Hughes hadn't shown up, so yeah. we all had someone. Yeah, well, it's, 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 where there's actual tragedies going on in the world, there's us. Let's, just, let's all just get it out and yeah. over with. Yeah, we, we, we do really need to have that pub meet up so we can actually drink our sorrows away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian Stewart, little sneak preview into uh, my first round leader thoughts. Um, he, the first three starts that he had here, uh, he opened up with rounds of 66, 66, and 65. Uh, and then when he was fourth, 
he opened up with a 67. When he was 8th, he opened up again with a 66. So although I don't think 66 is going to be enough to lead this week, he does tend to start fast. And when you go back to the Wyndham uh, earlier in August, he opened up with a 65 there as well. So if you like a bit of a place money, I think it would be with a first-round leader market uh, as opposed to the outright first-round leader. I'm just going to have a look and see what price he is. Just, just um, while, you, while you're doing right. that, just counteract just that. Um, yeah. Kevin Nard came for 40th after the first round to win last year, and Cameron Smith came for 31st to win, yeah. and Pat and Kizar from the 20th. So, yeah, you can collect your money from Steward and then lay the arse out of him because, you know, yeah. someone's going to come. And also, you, come you could argue yeah. there's um, there's some value in to, to have him play, you know, yeah. after someone gets off to a slow start, you know. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a way to go. Is a way to pack a couple of those favourites if you, if you do like them. Maybe that's the way to put Leishman in. As where you've been uh, yeah. a bit unsure of him, if he opens up with a kind of 69, 68, yeah. and you know you can shoot a 63. Great point there, Jace. Actually, I'm really glad you brought that up. I'm glad that talking about Brian Shuler as a first round leader brought up that really good point. Um, Sorry, hundreds... you know, I mean it doesn't make <laughs> it makes the, the the end result makes a difference to your bet, does it? But um... It was just I thought it was a you know a point worth no making, no but, but no but know, a, obviously edit it out if you wish it's not a, a problem. Oh, I'm leaving it in there. That's that's a bit of gold <laughs> there, mate. Um, but look, uh, hundred to one Brian Shield is for first round leader on Unibet, eighty to one Skybet. So okay, I would yeah. I would say that he will probably place as opposed to be the outright leader, uh, but he's only got to make two or three more putts to uh, to get down there. Um, Brad, I know you've got one more that's on the tip of your tongue for triple digits. Um, yeah. It was one that I quizzed you on that I didn't really see. No. Um, and he has been put up by other people as well, so I'll let you go away. Yeah, I'm surprised he has been put up. I didn't think he would be overly popular because uh, I did agree with what you said. I don't know. Well, I'll say who it is first. <laughs> Grace, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do it, won't it? <laughs> Grace, before going off on one. Yeah, Grace at 125 to one. Um, but yeah, you could argue he might not make enough birdies if the conditions are friendly. But it does, like, I had a little peep at the the weather forecast and it doesn't look like it will blow too hard. But it definitely looks like it will have like, more of an influence than it did, you know, last week. So never know. It could pick up. Um, but besides that, I think there's a lot to like about Grace. Like He was not at his best last week, but he gained on approach on his final round carded a 67 so something to build on and um yeah he's just obviously renowned for playing in the wind but you know you only have to look at where his best results have come on breezy coastal linksy tracks win at harbour town puerto rico uh dunhill links sort of gives you an idea and um he's played here twice before finished 13th on his debut and uh missed the cut last year but that was can't blame him for that given the circumstances and, um, yeah, you just could argue if it plays as easy as some are expecting, like I said, you might not make enough birdies. But yeah, I'm willing to take a chance on him on what I think is a massive price for someone who is a proven winner on these type of courses. So, yeah, 125 to 1 on Grace. Yeah, I think he's another I think he's like another perfect reason as to why I just wouldn't go with, like, Biswedenhout, as I said earlier. Like, if I think it's going to get away from Biswedenhout, uh, 66 to 1. I might as well just take a flyer on someone that you know is contending mm. in major championships and has, I don't know if they've got a similar skill set, but certainly a similar standing in the game. And, and Grace has been there and done it. And you know, the fact that he was even at the tournament of champions last week says what he did last year. So, yeah. um, you know, he won out of the blue for me, but it, it's it wasn't that like the week after his dad had died as well. So it was really that's, kind of like a, a special moment. That's it, yeah. That's um, it. Uh, there was there was some strange names that 
I had uh, as early runners uh, and I, I decided to wake up and, and, and leave them out. But uh, John Her came up. Or John Her. I don't know quite what, how to say it. For, right? what you <laughs> John Her. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that 125 to 1 was okay considering he's playing quite well. Um, obviously plays well. Mike Over has played well here in the past. Um, Patton Kaziah is obviously, like you said, he's a, he's a recent winner here. So he's in the 100 odd to 1 mark. Um, and then I thought, Jason, you might have gone with Grayson Sig. I yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I, he's a big follower of mine this year. Um, yeah, they, they, they really like his his mob, his team, whatever. They really like him, don't they? Um, very, very straight hitter. Yeah, really interesting in, in Sig. Mm-hmm. I just want to see something. I, I don't care if it's thirtieth. You know, I, I just want yeah. to see something. He's got that Sea Island link as well. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it could could bode well for him this week. Actually, it could be a good one. Well, I kind of took the the, the thirty the 33rd at the Mayakoba where he shot a final round 64. I thought that was the kind of what I needed to see from him. Um, well, you know, what, whether that is enough or not, I have no idea. And again, like th- this is why the, the tournament challenge is so pivotal because we just have no idea what these guys have been up to. We've got some people we, we know haven't touched a club in three months. Some people we've probably touched it too often and, and practiced too much and got themselves in bad habits and and some have probably got the thing just right, and we'll find that out of the week as the week progresses. But uh, there's, there's, on, sorry, there's, there's a few down here in this in this region that, that you know you've got to follow through the year. You know Davis Riley, yeah. Um, you know Grayson Sieg, obviously Sigala, um, Chad Ramey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads. I mean, there's absolutely Utley. loads. You know, yeah. you, you go all the way down. You know, all have got all have got enough in their game. It's it's so we've said it a thousand times before. The margins are just tiny, aren't they? Between between doing it and uh, you know losing your card, to be honest with you, um, Chad, yeah. Chad Ramey was the one to me that that could have, you know, there was a time where he was really high up in that kind of data golf's version of the world ranking as opposed mm-hmm. to what we had, and he missed the last two cuts to end the year. So I think that the shine's been taken off him a little bit, but he was in just such ridiculously consistent form last year, and I, again, I don't particularly know what it is that he's going to be good at. He had that 17th at the Bermuda, didn't he, where obviously the scoring was, was tough at times. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think he'd be interesting to be someone that... I think there's... Like yeah. oh, you said, Jason and Brad, that there's there's players here that you can take a couple of flyers on. Yeah. Um, is it is it the world number one amateur? Is, is well, I was just about Kojima? to mention him, funnily Go enough. Yeah. Go on, mate. Go no, on. I'll no, let you I'll... talk about him because you'll know more than I will. <laughs> well, he won for me last year on the, on the Japanese tour. Uh, but yeah, he's... A, an absolute brilliant talent. I'm just uh, taking a, a watching brief, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably I might have a if he's one like, a good number on the exchange, might have a little fun bet on him. But I can't. I think I'm just excited just to watch him brief, just to see how well he does because uh, yeah, a bit like Kanaya, um, he's just one to keep an eye on. You know, one of the hot, brightest sparks of the Japanese game, which is in a great place at the moment. He he's one of those ones where he clearly hasn't been missed. By the bookies, do you know what I mean? Like you see, you see sometimes. No, exactly. Where, yeah, they're not. Um, they, they've they've left someone at four or five hundred to one of the European tour, and you're like, no, they can go and finish top ten or top twenty, whatever. This guy's obviously won the Panasonic Open, um, finished second at the, the Homemade Cup as well. So he's had some really really strong finishes, which means you just can't, you know, you can't ignore him. He ended the ended his last two results, fourteenth and fifteenth, in and and they're good fields as well. Like they're not. 
I think the Japanese tour probably has been underrated right back to when Tom Hamilton won over. Very underrated. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And I, I really think that most of these Japanese if they're you know, when we, it'll be interesting when the D P World World Tour goes to Japan. And I really think some of these Japanese players are they're gonna step into that um into that field and they're gonna think this is a great opportunity, you know, to win my card. 100%. Yeah. Um I don't think a lot of them are any worse. Oh, I think they're just as good, or if not, maybe even better than some of the players yeah. on the DP World Tour. So I'm so excited and about when they announce that there's that um, Japanese event, because um, that's going to give these players that route, you know, to get more involved with the the bigger tours, uh, that avenue as such. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yep, I really like that. Look, before we uh, let Jason get really hangry, because I know he has, a, you know, he's delicate and hasn't eaten this evening, um, and you know, it's it's not a tournament we do, we need to go too far into. I think we've covered all all the necessary bases. I think we've all had a good route of selections. So I'm gonna to I'm gonna recap my selections and and put a stop to it there. Um, Seamus Power at uh, forty and fifty to one, whatever it is that you can get about him. Uh, Siwoo Kim at 50s, 60s, again, whatever you can get. Joel Damon, 66 to 1, eight places. Uh, Keith Mitchell, 90 to 1, and Tom Hoagie, 100 to 1. And obviously, there's just those few that I've mentioned in the 100 to 1 ranges. Uh, Jason, your picks for us this week? Uh, I've looked as we were talking uh, to narrow it down because you can't, you can't have four up there and uh, decided that uh, Taylor Gooch is the best bet at 35. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he could be anything, obviously, really pleasing last week and, and various other bits. Um, so having looked, I've, I've actually thought the Leishman is, is a little too short to play at 20. Um, Kisner you can have at the moment. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to go with Gooch. I will back Gooch at 35, uh, first eight. And I'm going to go with the defending champ, Kevin Nahr, as well. I, I, they've just sort of leapt up above um, Leishman and uh, Kisner. And then yep. Michael Thompson and Brian Stewart for you know messing about purposes somewhere in the deep depths of the exchange. Yeah, Brian Stewart currently 190 to one on the exchange yeah. as I'm scrolling yeah, through. It'll uh, drift out again, especially when I put him up for first round leader tomorrow. And uh, Michael Thompson's 220 to one again probably will go out. Um, Brad, your selections for this week? I've gone for Kisner 35 to one, uh, Power 45 to one. Uh, Cameron Davis, 50 to 1. Uh, Joel Damon, 66 to 1. Uh, Takumi Kanaya, 90 to 1. And Brendan Grace, 125 to 1. And uh, they're all eight places. Absolutely brilliant. Guys, well done on Cameron Smith last week. I'm glad that, uh, that one of us was, or two of us, was successful in that uh, tournament whilst I just licked my wounds at having like tied fifth, tied ninth, and tied ninth and being like a minimum of like 10 shots behind. Um it was brutal indeed. Um, a, a quick note to, for the Lost Words podcast. We've, we're adding another show. Uh, we've now got a DraftKings show coming, which we're normally going to release on a kind of Tuesday morning after this betting show. Uh, Matt Vincenzi has joined us from Golf WRX, uh, one of Jason's colleagues. So that was me and him have recorded that episode already. Jason, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it this evening, but he will be there generally week to week. So please look out for that one. We'd love to have your feedback on that, see if it's helpful for you. Uh, And guys, thank you very much and, and be lucky this week. 